in high school, I in one of my English classes, we had to write descriptive paragraphs. Mm -hmm. The most descriptive paragraph you can think of. And it has to be short. I wrote about my mom's kitchen. It was butter yellow walls, bright sunshine, and always something like that snapping, sizzling sound. Mm -hmm. How comforting and just home mm -hmm. that feeling is. So I'm sharing that with everybody. Nina and I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off the wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Tonight, we are coming at you from our photographer, Kate's Kitchen. Yes, live here in <laughs> Catherine's own kitchen studio. Uh, no, we're, no, just Kate's Kitchen. Kate's Kitchen! I like that. Kate's Kitchen sounds so fancy. Um, yeah, we are about to get a gourmet meal cooked for us this evening while we record. We're drinking wine. Right here. Nice job. Thank nice you. Place. Just had everybody had to everybody had to know because we don't drink wine anymore we don't. on this damn show. We so we're drinking cheers. right now naked grape. Na naked grape. Yeah. And Is that what yours? this one's mine. I brought that one. Yep. I'm not it was the only open one. What did you bring? You had one over. Oh, that's Bowl. empty. Oh, was that is that this one that, that I That was had? the first one that we poured. Mm. But what and did you bring, Liz? I cupcake. cupcake. The good old cupcake. You just can't go wrong with what's cupcake. What's CVS? We got lots of red going on tonight. It's, it's a winter it. night, like it is. fall and cold, and we skipped it's a red fall. Wine night. Yeah. Like, we completely skipped fall, though. It was what, like spring weather? A few days, and yeah, then maybe. all of a sudden, yeah, and then winter a little bit, coming. and then winter came. It snowed two days ago. Yeah. That was awesome. I really, really love that. Yeah, just the snow and all of the. The beautifulness happening on a Saturday morning. It actually was very calming, I will say. So, Kate, why don't you tell us a little about your blog, Cookie to Explore, okay. as well as what we're going to be eating, because I'm really excited about it. Okay, so Cookie to Explore started. I, I've cooked forever. My mom, when we were little, would wear us in that front-wearing fanny, or front-wearing baby pack, and tell us what she was doing as she went. So I've grown up with it in different capacities. In college... I worked at a wine bar in Oregon, and I ended up running their kitchen and loved it. Just absolutely fell in love with that. Didn't find it stressful? I feel like I watch cook, like Hell's Kitchen, and everything seems really stressful. I am not a cook myself, and so every time I try to cook or watch other people cook, I don't even understand it. I don't get it. Hell's Kitchen is not... Not real? Well, it totally is real in that setting. I never cooked in a setting like that. It's just not... I mean, but that's... Anytime you talk to a chef, there's a lot of ego and there's a lot of attitude built mm. into it and we're all kind of assholes. I feel like it's your art. So a lot of people are so attached to their art, whether it be their voice or their drawing or their cooking. Like it's hard to not have ego involved in that because it's your creation. Yeah. I think that's more, that's more of it. Like someone yeah. will say, I was watching the show or the movie Burnt with Bradley Cooper because he's gorgeous mm -hmm. and a chef in that movie. And he, one of the line chefs says, oh, he's an arrogant prick. And he goes, well, yeah, he's a chef. Because, yeah, that's about how well, that works It's just like a stereotype <laughs> yeah. that chefs are... We're assholes. <laughs> are egotistical? Yes, very much. And so going from being in a position where I did run my own kitchen and I had a staff, you 
you don't go back from that. There's no like, yeah, I'm going to go work for someone else now. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really happen. So I stopped and waited tables for a while while I lived in Utah. It was a really awesome experience, and I'm really glad that I went. And then when but I your got, face is also like, it was also an interesting, interesting yeah. experience. It was a very interesting period looking back on it. So when I got back to Oregon after I graduated, I started working in kitchens again, bartending and doing prep during the day. And worked on a line a little bit for some TV chefs that are in Portland and just watched how they treated people. I mean, they're very, very nice and very kind, but their paychecks bounced Mm -hmm. consistently and it kind of became a problem. So I stopped cooking professionally at that point. And part of it was also, I was standing on the stove and jumped off weird and it kind of just coalesced into this perfect, I'm not going to cook professionally any longer moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got into sales, but kept up with the cooking and cooked for friends. We had Wednesday night dinners every week where the same 20 or so people would show up and it's come as you are straight from the gym. People would be like, hey, I'm a shower. See you in a second and come down and I, we'd cook and entertain and just had a ball. And I had talked for a long time about writing a cookbook or doing something else with it, but didn't know what and didn't know how. We moved out here and Jeff says to me, you know, you've been working on KHA so much. Why don't you turn that same it, it's the food so line is the yeah. same thing KHA is from photography like, yeah yes. all those wonderful <laughs> pictures you see of me and Liz on Instagram and the website those are all done by Kate yeah, KHA photography uh-huh. so I I realized you really have a point that why am I not doing this so I started the blog officially last fall right before Thanksgiving I wrote the intros and the about me parts and mm-hmm. Launched it right before Thanksgiving. My first post was about cooking my own thing, like my first Thanksgiving that I cooked by myself and was the first Thanksgiving of my entire life that I was away from my family and Mm -hmm. shared it the night before we left for Oregon. And I could tell by the people who shared it, like kind of where the direction was going and watched it and it's turned and changed into this. It has its own whole life of its own and it's amazing. So it's turned from just, let me, you know, teach you how to make these dishes because I firmly believe that everybody can cook and everyone can cook like I do. You just have to dedicate the time to it. Mm-hmm. Or... Like any art, right? You have yeah. to dedicate yeah. the time to build your craft. But also, like, if you can follow directions, you can make the recipes and you can put together the blogs, the stuff I put out. Okay. I feel like we're better cooks than we used to I, be. I was going to say, if there, honestly, if there's a recipe in front of me... I can cook it. When, but when I think of a chef, I think of someone that just is like a little bit of this, a little that's bit of that. That's my dad. And that's, see, that's why I can't cook now. Love him. Love him so much. But he's so like, oh, this recipe's different every single time. Yeah. And so when I would spend summers with him and like we'd cook a lot, he makes stuff all the time. I mean, I guess I could have like written them down, but I was a kid. So like, you don't think to do that when okay. you're a child. But I like I very much am like I have to because I don't want to mess it up because I love food so much I don't want to mess it up and not be able to eat it because then that's a bad day right so I just kind of like have shied away from cooking I think because I'm like I need a recipe and I I I want this idealist version where I'm just like a little this a little that yeah I feel like I've set in my head that I'm a bad cook for some reason because it doesn't make sense because you're Italian. It does make sense. You're right. It makes absolutely no sense because my mom cooks really well. My grandma cooks really well. But I never grew up cooking. Like, it's not like your story. Like, I never grew up cooking. And so when I got to college, I think I made, like, ramen noodles. And 
ate at the roost. No, what, what you called? did was, yeah, whatever it was called. You got raw, the uncooked ramen noodles <laughs> and put peanut and, butter yeah, on them. that was my jam. And then yeah. ate that. Yeah. Just, Let's not confess my peanut butter and ramen noodle fetish that I like had. peanut butter, chunky peanut butter and nacho cheese Doritos together. With a oh my milk. God. Okay, that peanut, yeah, don't get how peanut butter and nacho cheese I feel like I should together. trust you though because you're It's surprisingly right delicious. Now. But no, we're not making that for dinner. Tonight. Okay. So what are we making? Yeah, let's talk about this. So if you guys hear the clanking bowls, we had some cracking eggs going on. It's just Kate making us dinner. Yes, and the recipes will be up and linked um, for everyone also. Yes. So we're starting with risotto fritters. A chef friend of mine was over this afternoon and made risotto. He was supposed to be making risotto for us all tonight, uh, but his schedule changed unexpectedly. So we're using it. Um, But we'll take his creation and run with it. Yeah, we will. His name's Warren Davis. He like he's gonna be a big deal in the chef in his life as a chef, I should say. Uh, it's but it's really fun to watch someone who's just kind of getting their food. Who did you um, take photos of? The one day a chef came over and you were taking photos of him in Liz's oh, yeah. kitchen while we were getting ready. Oh, Anthony. Oh, different yes. chef. Okay. Different chef. I was like, because no, he chefs. sound yeah, you know all of them. I know a lot of them. Or yes, I know a lot of them. It's so he made this for us. It's a butternut, or no, sorry, sweet potato and bacon risotto that we're turning into fritters. And then we're going to also have either pasta or gnocchi. I'm not sure which yet. We'll have to. And Brussels sprouts. And Brussels sprouts. Definitely Brussels sprouts. For Nina. For me. For all of us, it's a healthy thing to add. It is. Yes. I'm so lame. So everybody knows, like, and I've been talking about it probably on, like, other podcasts, but I went to my naturopathic doctor because I'm trying to deal with this acne and she was like, all right, like, we really need to not try dairy or gluten for two months. And I'm on the second month. And I have not had dairy or gluten yet. Has it helped? I also, well, yes and no. They're not as painful, like, and cystic, I would say. But I also think that stress is a key factor for me. So when mm. I, like, school has just started a couple months ago, I think that that has also, like, activated mm. the acne. So I think it's a combination of food and stress. Uh, so anyway, we're that testing it out. We're going to see what happens. Um, so I'm still going to have a bite of the risotto. I yeah. can't not have You'll a bite have of to, the risotto. These are going to be really good. It smells so good. Uh, so that's, yeah. And in the risotto, a little bit more specifically, kind of as I'm looking at did it. Did you make this recipe up or did you find it? Wait, no, he made it. He, or did he make it? was it? kind of a collaborative thing. Okay. He knew we wanted to do, he's doing a sweet potato or a risotto a day for seven days. Just trying out different flavor profiles, different ways of plating it, kind of looking at just kind of what you can do. And so today he said, I want to do a sweet potato. And I said, all right. And so we've been brainstorming for a couple of days on what flavors would also. So we put in kale and bacon and a bunch of onions, mm. different cheeses. Nice. Smells it's, great. Yeah. It's. It's going to be fantastic. We ate some earlier and it was like amazing on its own that way. And now we're going to try it. Yeah. 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 We're going to ball it up with some more cheese and egg and bread crumb it and then in the hot oil and make it. It's going to be amazing. Oh so gosh. that's what I'm working on as we're talking right now. Now I'll change later. Beautiful. Okay. So let's also talk a little bit about you wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have, have more hats than anyone else. I've ever yeah. Seen. You have the cooking deal. You have your photography. You have your blog. You have your event like design. Cause our wine and shine live event. If you look at the aesthetics and how everything yeah, was, that out, was all Kate Kate. did that. To me, it all kind of goes together. And I think Maddie, who 
is here also today. Hi, Maddie. Um, yeah, our makeup artist and hair artist is also here. She's, she's just amazing. listening and drinking. She's drinking wine with us and listening from afar. Awesome. <laughs> Cheers. 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 <laughs> One of the things that's really fun about photography and doing it the way that I do is that we get to build it and play with it and make it what we want and then photograph it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of photographers, or if a photographer is worth hiring, ask them what they do for style shoots. Because that's where we get to really play. We get to take whatever idea we have or whatever idea the people that we collaborate with. So like Maddie and I will talk and bounce ideas off of each other. I'll talk to other people in the creative world and we'll say, oh, I have this idea. Here's kind of what I'm thinking it would look like. Do you want in on it? And then people come together, build these fantastic sets as, I mean, I'm air quoting sets because we might say, oh, we want to go do this in this woods out here or there's this great park. Mm-hmm. But it's bringing everything together and mm-hmm. styling it. And to me, it's all one and the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what's going to look great through a camera lens. I know what people want to hang on their wall as art. Nobody, I take two, like, there's two sides of this for me. One, there's moments in the everyday ordinary, and you have to capture those because that's, this is our life. There's no second chances. Like, this is not a set that we have built and, like, constructed. This is the everyday beauty. Hey, guys, come on over. Like, we're going to record at 7, and then it looks like a bomb went off in the kitchen and the whole schedule of the day. But that's late. Running late. Yeah. Capture that, though. There's still so much beauty in that. True. So I would say, you know, lifestyle, let's do that. Let's let's hang out. And I'll definitely script it a little bit for people. I'll say, okay, this morning we're going to do pancakes. So dress up in your cutest pajamas. Here's what I want to style for you. based, And this is all based on conversation with clients. Mm -hmm. But it's, okay, if you guys like to cook together, we're going to make this adorable Saturday morning pancake session where you're cooking, we're hanging out in your kitchen, drinking mimosas and Bloody Marys because alcohol plays a large part in getting people to relax enough to not get that frozen, frigid smile. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed the wine during our photo shoot. And it's... So to do that and capture that. So yes, it is everyday life, but it's I'm going to help guide you into what I know is going to look great. But the other side is tell me what you want to do. Tell me what you like, and I'm going to build you your fantasy, essentially. Yeah. And then we're going to photograph it and style it. So breaking down the pieces of that is really easy for me in my mind to take it from photography to building the set for a live podcast or orchestrating a proposal. Mm-hmm. For a guy who wanted it to be awesome, but was like, I can't do this. Like, help me. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's all just, creativity. It's all... Yeah. yeah it's, it's all design. visual. It's all visual design. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, so it's kind of... I think that and then food, too, falls under that same umbrella. So it's... Well, I feel like food is such a part of our human experience. 100%. Like, if you look at almost every memorable event that we have in our lives, it seems like food's somewhere in uh, the You're talking yeah. to an Italian. Right. You, yeah. Food is the center. Food is everything. Food is everything. It is. Family and food is everything. My whole entire family come together around food every single time. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the joy. I said to Maddie, I was like, wait, you guys have never been to, to for dinner really, well, like really cooked. Because this, the talking and the... The interacting while I'm cooking, like, this is my heaven. Mm-hmm. This is what Wednesday night dinner parties were with a lot of people. Now, was this when you were in Portland? Alcohol. Yes. So, yeah, this is all in Portland, and I'm trying really hard to figure out a way to build that here, but mm-hmm. that part of that move and building friendships from the ground up it's, takes a lot more time than I yeah. thought it would. Yeah. Well, especially when you're, you know, you're doing all this stuff and you're being creative, like, 
then you add that in the next two. I mean, start enough hours in the day sometimes it feels like. Never, never. There are never enough hours in the day. So that's always, but I mean, that's life, right? It is. Like that's... Me and Liz were just talking about that when we were, we were waiting to come in. And I was like, man, it feels like I've been just running around all day. Like I'm actually really tired. And Liz was like, yeah, same here. But then once you get going and like you're in good company and you're having wine and you're cooking dinner and it's just that's what life's about like yeah stop getting I'm trying to work on not getting bogged down in the craziness of everything and really just trying to find time to enjoy the moments yeah like this and it, I read a blog post and I shared it on it's on cookie to explore but life is scruffy so stop trying to have this big perfect dinner party because that's not I mean yeah you can do that for a night yeah but that's not it and you're not gonna be able to do it every night I feel like no one has a perfectly smooth dinner party, especially like the more courses you're making, the less. Well, I've never had a. Well. I don't know if I've ever that been to a dinner party. That depends on who's cooking. Have you? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to a dinner party. And you've never honest. hosted one. Really? And I've clearly never hosted. You know what? Hosting stresses me out. So a lot of people will say, like, I love hosting. Like, yes, come over. Like, I can't wait to tour you around. Blah 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 blah. I get nervous about hosting. It really? makes me feel like I have to. I think it's probably the controlling side of me. Yeah, like I want to make sure. I want to make sure everybody has a good time. I want to make sure they're enjoying themselves. And see, I just throw enough alcohol at the problem that it solves itself. I mean, alcohol is <laughs> always a great time, but I don't know what it is about about that. Does, I always get nervous. Yeah, I always get nervous because my friend circle is mainly like. Zach and I realized this earlier this year. We hadn't really, like, stopped to realize that all of our friends are couple friends. But couples yeah. that don't know each other. Mm. So when we have dinner parties, or, or not dinner parties, but, like, gatherings, it's really hard to, like, have real, authentic conversation because it's, like... You don't know anybody. No one's... There's not, like, a core group of You know what people. I miss so much? And, Kate, this is probably what you miss about Portland. When I feel like when we were in college... Everybody was such a close-knit community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hung out all the time. We were always with the same people. And it was like a big, huge core group of friends. Yeah. And then you all go your separate ways. You get your full-time jobs. People get married. People have babies. And then it kind of starts to fall to the wayside. And me and Cody watch shows like... Obviously, there's friends. And we how, watch that all the How time. I Met Your Mother. Yep. Have you guys seen the new show, um, Friends from College? It's no. on Netflix. Is oh, it? You would love it. Okay. You have to watch it. It's the same thing where they all come together. And I'm like, man, I miss that in my life. Like, I wish all of us just got together more just to hang out. That's the Wednesday night dinner. Yeah, that right. right there. That's yeah. the premise. And it was... Why do we not do that anymore? I've been inviting people for 18 months. I'm like, come over and have dinner. Come over and eat dinner. Let's do this. And is it? It's just not an Ohio thing, I think. Maybe. And you might be right. Maybe just, it isn't. I mean, we have had endless conversations. He's like, I don't even think that's a West Coast thing. I think that's a your family thing. And I'm like, well, I'm my family. We're doing it here and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. If I have to break people's arms to twist them to get them over here. Yeah. And you'll see, like, I think part of it, too, because until I made you risotto, I mean, or not risotto, we did plant lunch. Yeah. The Hawaiian food. So good. And I made you, like, we made breakfast. something breakfasty one morning. I'm like, that's not even, I don't, I don't get a chance, or I don't force people to come over and eat enough. I think it's really what it comes down to. So I'm really happy you're all here. This is going to be amazing. We brought wine. We're like, what can we bring? 
Because which, I'm not bringing a homemade dish. Yeah, that's for sure. By which I meant, like, please don't be like, oh, you can bring a side. Because I was like... I'm way too controlling. I don't want people to bring food. Great. Because it might suck. Wait. Actually, it, it's not that true. And it's really brutal. But if I'm going to invite you over and I want to cook for you, I'm, you're going to get the whole meal. I'm not going to be like, hey, why don't you go ahead and cook and do this? Because whenever you bring something to a potluck, it's that worry. Uh-huh. The... Well, is there going to be a duplicate? Is this going to be what people like? And then no one wants to have the dish that no one touched at the end of the night, right? Mm-hmm. That, it's, that's my dish. I no, feel like I, I feel like bring vegetables. I always bring... You bring a veggie plate. I bring like my vegan cookies, my gluten-free, dairy-free cookies and brownies. And I will tell you, I think they're amazing. But I feel like... Straight up, I had vegan pumpkin pie that was like the best pumpkin pie I've I've had eaten, some really so. good vegan baking. Like uh-huh. they, it's, it's come good. a long way. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had some very good. <laughs> I think it's good. I also think my taste buds have changed a little bit now. But I also made, a, this isn't cooking by any means, but I threw in a can of pumpkin, some vegetable stock, some coconut milk, curry. I made this delicious pumpkin soup. And I'm taking it to Thanksgiving. People are going to eat it. Coke yeah, liked it. Are they going to eat it? Yes. No, no. Need <laughs> They are. Man, Cody, they got this. They are going to eat it. I'm also going to be making my vegan cookies. I'm bringing things Just to Thanksgiving. Tell people are vegan. No, absolutely not. Yeah, and I'm not vegan. For the it. record, I'm not vegan. I'm just saying vegan because there's no meat or, or dairy. In it is vegan. Cookies. It's vegan in the way that you're cooking. Yeah, but it's not but intentionally not, vegan. Exactly. I I'm thought. just not vegan myself. I do eat meat, but I'm bringing these things to Thanksgiving, and it's going to be delicious. And everybody will enjoy it. Yeah, they will. So, It'll be very good. What Thank advice you. do you have if someone's like, I just can't cook? And they're like, they have this story that they've told themselves they're just not good at it. What if they're me? What do you tell them? Okay, what, why do you think you can't cook? I believe that I can't cook because first when of all, I'm genetically, doing it, yes, you can cook. Just channel your ancestors of Italy. And when I'm do, I think it's because... I'm very simple. So, for example, I will put on a bison burger and I'll steam up some broccoli and I'll make a sweet potato or some quinoa. And that's my meal. And that works for me. But, but I'm not. You season it. You can yeah, that, it's all about it. seasoning. I'm like, that all sounds great. And I season it. But I also know how I would make all of that. So, I know, like, but it's, it's you're going to saute it. So, just the oil, the oils that you use. So, you use a grapeseed oil or use a peanut oil. And then use garlic powder. Yeah. I mean, start with salt. No one here uses That's not true. Not no one. A lot of people that I've met don't use salt. Or they don't use enough. Or they use way too much. definitely like salt. I love salt. But I don't know. And I think it's also because Cody doesn't always love it. He Well, and also he probably wants things that are not as... He wants wings. Yeah. He wants wants pizza, beer, and wings. Yeah. You know, I mean, that could be a really solid diet for the rest of my life and I'd be happy. Pizza, beer, wings, done. Can't you... Can you modify that for him? Can you make like a healthy pizza? I'm going to try. Wait, we tried cauliflower crust pizza. I like cauliflower crust pizza. Thank you very much. I don't remember how he responded to it. He wanted all the dough and cheese in the regular pizza. But there's so much cheese in a cauliflower crust. Like you kind of make up for it. It's true. I did ask Zach to not put cheese in mine. Do you remember? How'd that go? It kind of fell apart. Because the cheese holds it. Holds it. Holds it together. Is there egg in it? I can't remember. Yeah, there was egg. There's usually a little. Yeah. 
But do you have any advice for people like just, just experiment? Or? Yeah, I mean, and I would say start reading cookbooks. And it sounds like the weirdest thing in the world. No, I can see that. But go to Barnes & Noble, go to whatever bookstore you like, and sit down and pull out a cookbook. Like, think about your favorite takeout. Is it Chinese food? Do you like Thai food? What do you order when you're like, I'm going to pick up dinner on the way home? Then find a cookbook that talks about that. Look at the pictures. Read what they have to say. Cookbooks are so much more than recipes now. They are, it's recipes, it's photography, it's stories. It's the stories yeah. behind the recipes, where the chef got them, where they mm-hmm. learned, where their passion came from. Do you look at cookbooks anymore? Oh, yeah. You do? All the time. I was sitting, flipping through, what was that one? The Neiman Marcus Cafe Cookbook, a book all on risotto, and then the French Laundry Cookbook, because that's food porn. Mm. Let's just be realistic. Do you, what are your thoughts on, do you think the world of Pinterest has, like, negatively impacted cooking in any like people yeah. have these crazy unrealistic I think it's expanded. It. I do too because that's where I get my that's where I get my recipes. Is that's, I Pinterest them. I look. I get a lot of inspiration. If I'm like, all right, I have to do, or not have to. I want to make a pasta that I haven't tried. Or where Torrance said, I want to do risotto with a sweet potato. What else do you want to put in it? Let me look at Pinterest. Exactly. Because then, and I look at it for the visual aspect. Mm-hmm. And you can read the main ingredients. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Or oh, no, we're not doing that one. That's insane. But I read these recipes that are on there, and I think people need to be careful because they go there, and you look at a recipe, and if the photography's great, you're like, done. That's going to be amazing, and that's not always true. Mm. You kind of you need to start read it and read through it and really think about it. Do I like the flavor of salt? Do I like the flavor of sage? Do I like the flavor of kale? Because if you don't like the flavor of the ingredients, you are not going to like the meal. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just. So don't just look at the picture, which is yeah. perfectly like That's, placed and lit yeah. and edited to look wonderful. And I did recipe photography for our company in Denver, actually. Mm-hmm. And Denver. the photos that I can, the way that I can make that meal, knowing how it is supposed to look in the end, and then knowing how to photograph it, what anyone makes at home is not going to look like mine does. Mm-hmm. Because that, I mean, it's a full-time job. It's, right. And it's more than that. It's a way of life. Like, people give us a hard time, because Jeff cooks, too, that... Wow, and Jeff you, is her husband. Yes. Heads up. Who's very patiently listening to us talk and watching While he's trying to watch game. hockey. Yeah. <laughs> with it on a blue jacket. With it turned scored. way down. We scored. So, that's cool. You know, I went to a class at the Wonder Jam on food photography, and it was... I did that. Allie's class yeah, is so good. It was so fun watching her, and also her talking about, like... How you kind of have to modify when you're taking the photo and play yeah. around with it, uh-huh. and like she adds um, canola oil. Oh yeah, you to spread the, the top of your food so to make it look sh- yeah, exactly moist. You make it look moist. You well, make I it look think moist. that's actually good for people to remember that right. It's okay if your food doesn't come out looking like that. Did you get flour on the? We no. have flour on it's the mic. It's not flour. It's breadcrumbs. Oh, breadcrumbs on, on the mic. I mean, I think it actually makes people feel, or should make people feel better about their cooking, that it's not going to look like that because someone has dedicated their professional career to making making it it look look like that. that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I bring a really unique angle to food photography that a lot of people, that I've never met another person who photographs food like I do or who looks at food photography like I do. And that's because having someone who has gone through and worked as a chef where you would better have every, every night, every dish, every plate has to be perfect. 
So when I'm, I know what the food is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. I also know how I can make it look like that using different angles and different things to make it look the most appetizing. Like when you plate a dish to serve someone, you want to stack everything up the middle, not spread out, looks ugly and sloppy up the middle. It's closer to the person, therefore they perceive there's more value in it and you can charge them more for it. Huh. Interesting. There's such a science to all of this. And psychology. Yep. All rolled into one. Yep. I um, also heard one time that when you go to restaurants, the color of the booth makes a difference. Oh, yeah. And also oh, yeah, the does. temperature in the restaurant makes a difference. There's so do the candles. That's like people's really? jobs. Like and the, the fact that there's no clocks on any restaurant wall. I've never noticed that. Is it because they don't want you to feel rushed while you're eating? And no, it's because they don't want you to know how long you've been waiting. Oh. That's more logical. People, that is more like, logical. If you ask, they've done studies on it. If you ask someone who sits down, like goes in and sits down, how long they've been waiting to talk to a server, one minute is now 10. Or it may not have been that much, but I mean, damn near. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to let people know how long they're actually waiting. I was a server, and I so I kind of get the whole customer service business in that respect in the restaurant business but i was not in the sh- the kitchen side of things uh well I, but I know how Panera i know bread. everybody wants the experience when they're dining out yeah and then part of the server's job is to to give, give that, experience. that experience yeah liz made those sandwiches diligently worked salad, at Panera bread okay brought us home soup all the time Dude, that would be amazing that. That part would be really great. I worked at an Italian restaurant for a day, Cardoni's in Westerville. Mm. Shout out. More than a day. It was like a week. Why why did you only work there for a week? It just wasn't a good working environment for me. So I ended up leaving. And luckily, I hadn't quit Max and Irma's at the time. So I went back to Max and Irma's and kept serving there. Tortilla soup. Serving my little life away, bringing home tortilla soup every second. Did you notice the presentation of Max and Irma's food? Did they make it tall in the middle? Like and Irma's isn't like a classy place. I feel that they just kind of threw the food on. Nah, I mean they presented it kind of well. Yeah, I've always liked my Max Irma's experience. Well, good. I hope that I provided you with a great dining dining. I think time. I only went to see you like once. What a terrible friend you are. <laughs> I used to call friends and be like, "Can you please come eat tonight? I'm bored." And I'm like, "You don't have to tip me. Just come and hang out." Did you serve or cook? I've done both. Oh, okay. Both at different times and in very different styles. I've served in brewery or like brew pubs um, and kind of more American bistro before American bistro was a thing. And then cooked in Italian restaurants. And then the restaurant that bounced all their checks was an American bistro again. Got it. And so that was. So let's tell our listeners where we're at in the cooking. Yes. We're so Zoto balls I are see the balls we've been watching. <laughs> I'm watching the balls to me yep. <laughs> I've been watching the balls before. They look like delicious balls. They do. They really do. They um, taste amazing. Guys, I, again, have not had dairy and gluten in months, and those are filled with both dairy and gluten, and my mouth is watering. Like, I like think... These- it's and I mean this one. I'm gonna break my two month rule right now. You might need to, but you know what? You can take a hiatus. So good. Like the five minute rule, right? That's gotta be a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I wake up tomorrow with 18 pimples on my face, then I know. You know. Then, then I know. Right. This is the problem. By the way, I apologize for the sizzle that's going to pick up. It'll be there a little bit, but I'm kind of glad. And here's why I'm gonna take sidetrack. Yeah. I've been writing a lot more. Oh, hey, I had um, a post featured. I will give you guys the link as well for this on ColorVail today. Mm-hmm. I have been doing a series of four posts for ColorVailActions.com. It's a photographer's resource. Mm-hmm. It's, she does 
down or digital downloads for different planner pages, different presets for photo uh, kind of help editing mm-hmm. and that. And so I did a big post today on why contracts are so important. In high school, I in one of my English classes, we had to write descriptive paragraphs. Mm-hmm. The most descriptive paragraph you can think of, and it has to be short. I wrote about my mom's kitchen. It was butter yellow walls, bright sunshine. And always something like that snapping, sizzling sound. Mm. How comforting and just home mm-hmm. that feeling is. So I'm sharing that with everybody. Yeah. I had moments like that too. My mom baked. Like, oh, was, did she ever? She bake. did bake. And I read the benefits as your roommate. Cutout cookies were the bomb. She still makes them. And I remember our house just smelling like the dough, the dough yeah. that she used to cook, and it's so comforting to me. Yeah, it's one of those things that it just. All of it comes together, um, and it, it's been fun kind of thinking about that and writing, and I'm in the process. So this summer, I had a really good friend from Portland who was in New Orleans for visiting family, and he had said, you want to come? And I said, hell yeah, man. Talk about a food city. Yeah, like, or I just, all of, yes, 10 days in New Orleans, yes, mm-hmm. that's going to be a thing. And Jeff and I talked about it and decided New Orleans is his favorite city, and he said, the first time you go there, I want to be there also, and 10 days I can't take off, so over my dead body, essentially. Yeah. And I said, okay, and, and that's all fair. Like, we had talked about doing this together. We're going to do it together. So I put together this idea, had kind of started, that, well, what if I drove there and then you met me there? So we made it a thing. And here's something that I challenge everybody to. Think about what you want your life to look like. And then make it happen. Yeah. Like, you, this is it. There's no other chances. Make this happen. And everyone goes, well, what if you fail? I'm not going to. It's I know. that simple. You know, and you know who also so has that mindset? Positive. A lot of entrepreneurs. That is a very, and you are an entrepreneur. And I was so going like, to say, we haven't even touched on that at all in that you left your corporate job. You decided, yes. I'm moving from Portland where you had your corporate job. Yes. Came to Columbus and you were like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going well, to do my own thing, right? Yes. Yes. That's, that's how it ended up happening. I left corporate America in a couple years ago. In a couple years ago. <laughs> no, it's apparently it's been such a whirlwind that I'm always like, wait, what year are we in now? Twenty early 2016, mm-hmm. I left corporate America. because uh, it was very much not the right environment. Yeah. yeah. Which and I maintain as a side note, I feel like our culture tells us that everyone should want to be in corporate America. And that, like, that's what we should aspire to do. And, like, yes. good on you for being, like, hey, this isn't really job with my values. This doesn't yeah. really fit my personality and, like, finding something that does. I'm realizing yeah. more now. I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday that think about how many people are actually happy in the environment and the setting that they're working in. Almost mm-hmm. none. Not that many. And so you realize, why are you doing this? Because, is it because you think that's what you're supposed to do? Is that what your parents told you you wanted to do? Was it a decision you made in high school and college and now you think you have to stick with it? Because you don't. And I am hands down trying to live that life where it's like, I'm going to do exactly what Kate said. Like, I'm going to do what makes me happy and I'm going to live the life that I want to live. I'm sick of just playing the game. I feel like it's a game. Playing I feel like we're all, yeah. Like, why are we playing it safe? After when we're dead and we're lying in our bed about to die again and being so graphic. We're going to be like, thank God, God I played it safe. Yeah, in the no. man grandpa voice. I'm thank right now. God I played it safe. There are people though that it works for. 
That is also cool. true. I'm like, dude, rock Good on you. you. If you love this and you're if you're passionate about it and it makes you happy and you don't wake up going, oh my god, if I you can't are not calling this. out of your skin, then, yes. then and I will say, people like my parents, they are very, very comfortable in the life that they have chosen. And some people, I think that's a good thing. If you have your, if you have your day-to-day job mm-hmm. and then you are fulfilling what you want to fulfill outside of that and that's your comfort zone and that's where you feel happy and you are rocking your life, stay there. Yes. But if 100%. there is something in you that you have other dreams and goals, you need to go for those. Because yeah, you have to. Because have otherwise, to. like, it got to a point working in corporate America that I was like, well, if I hit that ditch going 45, like, I'm going to do enough damage to my car that it's going to get me out of work for at least a day. And I'm going to do enough damage to my body that I'll probably get some time off from that, too. But I'm not going to be seriously injured. And the minute that I realized that that was even a thought, I was like, like this, I'm not this is to something has to change. This is not okay. This is not healthy. This is not good. This is so bad. Yeah. I have to make a change. Yeah. And, and so then you went for it. We did. Jeff and I talked about it. And he said, you know, this, I, this isn't working. This is not working. And the plan had been to take a couple months, six months off kind of figure out like what do I want to stay in sales do I want to stay in finance what do I want to do and and what do we want to do as a couple and in that time frame we realized that we did want to be closer to all of our nieces and nephews and that for Jeff he does corporate treasury there's way more of a world here than the three treasury jobs in Portland Mm -hmm. why not it's easier to relocate one corporate job than two so okay can I ask you something didn't you say that Columbus actually reminds you a little bit of Portland? It does. It really does. There's a lot of similarities. It, it could not be more different, but there are also a remarkable amount of similarities. I feel like we're not near... We're like the nerdy cousin of Portland, maybe. We're not when nearly I as cool. I was in Denver, I also felt like parts of Denver Very reminded similar. me of Columbus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kat, our friend Kat, mm-hmm. who lived in Columbus and now lives in Denver, said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so my friend Emily lived in Columbus, lived in Denver. And I don't know if it's because... Columbus is becoming like a very artsy, chill vibe city, good food, good art in general, like a creative city, like Portland, which I've never been, and it's on my to-do list. Uh, yes. um, I want Denver. us all to go together to Portland the first time. I, like, I already to. know exactly where we're going and where we're going to eat. I know a couple of the main things we're going to do, and we're going to the beach. Ooh, so. sounds like my kind of trip. You had me at food. Covered so. also. Oh, my brother cooks like I do. My mom and my stepdad cook like we do. And we, well, we all cook like this in, in different ways. So it's... It's going to be a delicious trip filled with sunshine and Portland we, views. It's no, going to be sunshine. like Portland. Oh, you're right. Wait, I thought beach. I thought beach. Yeah, also probably not so much on the sunshine. But it depends. It really depends. We can go hiking. We yeah, can go we can. There might be bears. Not, no, not okay. when we're hiking. There's Great. not bears. Maddie's shaking her head like I'm also There's bears. There's bears. Not where we are going. So, how much longer do we have on our food? It they smells are good. sizzling away right now. I it can't wait so to eat good. them. We'll have to post a picture, guys, for oh, all wow. of you. And we'll have to keep you posted on how our meal tastes. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be It's going to be amazing. No doubt. And your sprouts are going in the same oil that these are frying in. Because <gasps> be we're just pan frying. I'm not doing a deep fry. So it's you're going to get a lot of the same flavor even Ooh. without diving off the end of the carbs and cheese. I cannot wait. If you, try, if you decide not to. Now, tell us more about photography in general. Is your favorite thing to take pictures of food or people or 
different in their own ways and you love them differently for your own reasons? Everything. All of the and above. All of the, all, yes. Well, both yes. I like people. I like capturing expressions and that fleeting moment. And, well, and I don't pose necessarily. I'll give you ideas. I'll say, you know, something kind of like this, and then I'll show you how I want you to hold your body, but you're going to take that, whatever move that is, and make it your own. I, that's what I actually loved about doing our photography session with you mm-hmm. was that it felt so comfortable. Yeah. And I felt like we were just hanging out and posing, and I didn't feel awkward in that I didn't know what to do. But you didn't, like you said, you didn't, like, place me. Hmm. You were just like, well, look down. Or well, maybe touch your hair. And you, or, but you did suggest things that, like, I would not things. have thought to do. Yeah. Like what? Like, like crossing my legs a certain oh, way. Yeah. And okay. I loved your expression. If it's uncomfortable, that means it looks really good. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, it's going to be so worth it. And yeah, then it is. It was. Yeah. And that's absolutely a part of it. Because I feel like some of the pictures you can't tell, you can't tell when you look at it is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like but the average person would just look at me like, oh, she's just like standing there doing this thing. But like, not that it was uncomfortable, but like it's not the most natural position my yeah, body's ever been Think about what models do. Right. Have you watched America's Next Top Model? Not recently I have. enough. Ugh, not recently show. enough either. But I have seen them take pictures in bathing suits in the frigid cold. Oh, yeah. What, like... We didn't do that. What no, goes, we did not do that. No, we didn't. And we probably never will because I don't like being in the cold that much. Me either. It's, but what goes into it, and Maddie, you can totally attest for this too. Like, what... The places that you put yourself and the conditions you put yourself and your models and your makeup artist and whoever else that you have with you, there's so much that goes into one picture that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people forget, especially when they're looking to hire a photographer, whether it's for an event or for, you know, hey, I own this restaurant, I need you to photograph this food for me or a wedding or, you know, any of it. There is, for every photo you see, I haven't sat down and like actually thought this through, so I'm winging it. I would say probably 20 20 to 40 man hours on every photo you see published. Mm. And so then when you ask a photographer, like, well, how much does that cost? And then you go, oh, my God, or oh, wow, never. Yeah, you you put so much time into creating that photo. I think part of the problem in that, I would imagine, is that with everyone having a camera on their phone, everyone, it it almost devalues it because people think, oh, I can do that. Like, that's, you know. The thing that people will say that makes me, like, want to crawl out of my skin and into theirs to kill them is... (laughs) Oh, you have a really nice camera. That your camera takes great pictures. I feel like it's not all. Oh, I would I just smile and say thank you because it's they mean it as a compliment. Right. But, but you're like, it's me. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, the one sure, that took the here, picture. You me, can take a picture and see how it turns out when you use this camera and you don't know you're doing. Let me mess up the settings and hand it to you and let's see how you do. Wait. And I, I've only done that to one person once. I was like, all right, hang on. And I just like messed everything up. I'm like, Take a beautiful picture. Let's see. Make it work. And they were like, oh, well, it's not working for me. And I'm like, that's because it's not about the camera. Everything always looks easier when you're watching it. Like, have you ever watched the Olympics and you've just, like, you see this gymnast doing all of these flips and you're like, they make that look so so easy. Or you hear a vocalist and you're like, that is flawless. Like, that is coming out of their mouth and it is flawless. You never realize all the work that gets into it. Guys, the fritters are in a bowl right in front of us. So let them sit for a second because they're also very, very hot. Oh, God. Oh, my Most tempting thing. I mean, it's going to happen tonight. I'm going to I'm gonna taste it. I mean, if you're going to give, if you're going to break for anything. Why not be this home the, cooking? It should be this. You know what? And that's also another part of 
there's two sides to eating. I think there's one side where it's like, okay, if it is affecting your health, like you definitely need to stick to the things that you shouldn't eat for your health. Good reasons, but also fresh thyme, Brussels sprouts. Look at those. Heck yes. I've gotten a bag of sprouts before. But also there's a difference between like home cooked meals and going out to eat. Like home cooked meals are special in their own way. The way they're cooked, like with love and with passion, and that sounds cheesy. No, it's totally true. But it's soothing to your body in a different. Well, it's because you're taking them like. Part of it, and I think one of the things that I have seriously struggled with since moving out here, and it's, you guys are not doing it partly because of course, like, we're set up to record here, so you can't, and you mm-hmm. wouldn't anyways, but people will come over, and then they want to sit over there and watch sports and have me feed them, I'm like, no. It's part of the environment. Yeah, like, I'm let's like, all I'm, hang out in the kitchen and... Right, we're going to yeah. drink wine, we're all going to talk to each other, and we'll have music on, and we're, like, we're going to be interacting. We're not sitting and staring at the TV... And I'm not feeding you for you then go, oh, that was great. I got to go. That yeah. will happen never. Mm-hmm. I have called people out. Were you like, come in here and talk to me. Let me feed you. You're all about community. Yeah. And in exactly every possible mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And kind of, I think that goes back to the, like home cooked meals are different because they are made with love. Like when it's, yeah. when it's done right. I mean, and look at this. These fritters are taking an hour to do. Oh my gosh. But they smell and they look so good. good. I'm going to have to take a picture of them right now. Let me make them look a little prettier before we do that. But yes, the photographer. The photographer in here is like, please don't take that picture. No, you can totally take that picture. You just can't post it anywhere ever, and then be like, yeah, Kate made this. Because you're like, that is not what my work looks like. Pretty much, it's. And for me, that's. It's a part of it. It's the. Have you ever? I'm gonna. I promise this ties in. Mm-hmm. Have you read the book like Water for Chocolate ever? Mm-mm. You gotta read it. Have you ever read any Spanish realism? No. Okay. Start with this book. It's a great place to start with it. It is all about a woman who, what she is feeling at any given moment, it, it goes into the food. Mm. So if she, Oh, my goodness. There's a movie. But who was Buffy the Vampire Slayer originally? Sarah uh, Schaudeller? Yes. There's a movie with her and Freddie Prince Jr. Where... Weren't they in every movie together because they're married? Yeah. But there was something... So no. Actors and actresses. Get your nineties trivia. This is totally nineties trivia too. It's they. She's a chef. I think it's her. Might have been him. And it's it's the same thing. It's just a take on that same story. But it's what you're feeling absolutely goes into your food. If I well, first of all, if I'm furiously angry and bitter, I'm not going to be in the kitchen. But if I were to cook that way. Everything would be terrible. In a holistic health standpoint, we learn that where you get your food, not just, not just that you're getting organic meat or something like that, but the farmers that raise your food matters. I need to introduce you guys to Charlie Payne and you need to interview him about, let's do it or go and see his farm and interview him up there and facilitate that because he, and there's another guy named Rob, like these, this is what we're talking about. The holistic it's meet, know your farmer. Meet the people exactly. that are raising your food and yeah. see how they do it. And every one of them that's passionate about it, they want to show you. Yeah. Like, come on up. I mean, it's it's 100% fact that the energy that goes into the food that people are making or growing or fostering, that I'm energy goes into time. your body. Yeah. And so if it's not positive, it's it's not going to digest well. Like, no. it's what are your not. thoughts on bacon? I love bacon. You bacon? I love bacon. Okay. I love bacon. 
Um, that was the best question ever. What, what are your thoughts on bacon? Love bacon, one hundred percent. So I had I posted something oh, on Instagram. Maddie is eating. I was gonna say Liz, she's I moaning feel like, over. It. She's like, mm-hmm. I feel like we should wrap up our conversation with a bite of of our risotto. Have to. I do. Those are these are the ones that are ready to go. All right, all right, let's do, do it. it, guys. Are you ready? I'm breaking my dairy gluten free. You're gonna be so happy that you did. I promise. This little bit of kale. All right, let's do There's it. There's kale in it. All right, so cheers, healthy. guys. Here cheers. We go. Sorry, I already ate it. Wait, I already ate mine too. <laughs> well, we'll cheers. Mm. Oh my gosh. Stop it. That's so oh good. my gosh. Mm. I don't think they're spicy enough. Oh. Mm-mm. What? They're okay, but they're not what I wanted. Oh gosh, I think they're, they're great. Really good. Wow. Perfect. All right, on that note, guys, as we go stuff our faces, we're going to continue eating. I can't wait for my Brussels sprouts. I'm super excited. Uh, I'll let you all know if my face turns into a giant pimple tomorrow. Don't say that as I'm eating this glorious food, please. (laughs) It kind of looks like it does. Before we go, they kind of pop with the melty cheese. Before we go, Kate, why don't you tell all of our listeners where they can find you? If they want photography, if they yeah. want cooking. So for both of them, and I'm slowly figuring out a way to kind of merge them into one just because that's, I started Cookie to Explore to keep the food separate from the photography mm-hmm. because trying to market bridal portraits and photography and food under the same label right. was really challenging. So I said, I've, you know, I had enough going on with moving. I didn't want to do that. They're heading more towards becoming this one thing, but for right now, cookieexplore.com for the food blogging, which is food and travel, and then life in Columbus, and then khalifestylephotography.com for everything specifically creative and photography. Also, we're going to have information about Kate's... Oh my god, I can't do it. I'm talking and eating. It's just so good. You can't stop. Um, we're going to have information about Kate's photography. If you're mm-hmm. interested in... We're looking at winter portraits mm-hmm. coming up, like Christmas mm-hmm. cards... So in home lifestyle is really fun. Yeah, um, we're really excited because I just Kate did a boudoir is, shoot and it was ooh, fun. I saw a photo. It, it was looked amazing. Good. Not safe for work, but definitely fun. But Kate is actually going to be sponsoring the Wine and Shine podcast here in the next month. We are so grateful and excited that she is doing that. So please be on the lookout for her photography packages. Love from her and love from Wine and Shine in those. Mm-hmm. Also, she's continuing to eat risotto balls, but we will also link. Maddie's information. We haven't talked much about Maddie because she was not prepared for us to come. She doesn't the have a mic with but microphones, but she um, is I wonderful. Sort of it on her last minute. Her makeup. I mean, if you look at the, it's in. I mean, not that Kate's work doesn't speak for itself, but our no, faces would not look that good. I would is, not be able to do what I do without Maddie. It's that. It's a hundred percent a teamwork thing. So, what? Shout out really quickly your Instagram where people can find you because I'm not lying, guys. If I ever need hair and makeup done. Maddie is my girl. Uh, you yeah. guys are so sweet. So you can find it at, on Instagram at mmcreative underscore studios. Um, you can also find it on Facebook at mmcreativestudios as well. And we'll link all that for you guys mm-hmm. so you can check her out. And she'll seriously, like, you feel like a supermodel when Maddie does your makeup and hair. You're yeah, like, you do. I'm going to quit everything and just be a famous Also, model. you just look at Maddie's hair and yeah. then you feel really bad about yourself because oh you want it to look as beautiful. And look, this is her, like, she's going to be like, oh, I took, like, one second on this makeup. And it's like, <laughs> it would take me 45 minutes to get my face I know. Okay, but remember, guys, like, this is also, this is what Maddie does. Right. right. Her everything. Like, you do, you make delicious 
delicious food and take wonderful pictures. Maddie does beautiful hair and makeup. And me and Liz talk into mics. It's all our own talents. And eat this risotto ball. And eat this risotto ball. All right, guys, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode coming straight from Kate's Kitchen. We're going to (laughs) continue. We're going to continue eating. And that's a wrap. Bye.